0: spirituality, and social transformation. I'm very excited and honored to be able to present to you today, Kathy Forti. Kathy Forti is a uh, woman who by training was a psychotherapist and then had a near-death experience and that really opened her up and she had the courage and the fortitude to follow where her soul was taking her, and one of the places that it took her was into a profound relationship with a group of 8th dimensional beings called the Founders. And together, they brought forth a cutting-edge healing system and healing tool called Trinfinity 8. And so in this conversation, we explore both Kathy's personal journey And we go into some some depth about this very fascinating healing system called Trinfinity 8. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with the remarkable Kathy Forti. Welcome, friends. This is Dr. David, the Cutting Edge Doc. And I'm here with Kathy Forti. And I'm very excited about this conversation and to share Kathy and her work with you. And uh, just to give you a little background before I bring Kathy into the conversation, I found out about Kathy and her work about nine years ago. We'll go into detail about her work, but I came across it about six years ago, and I was fascinated by the very conscientious blending of many different um, healing arts, but brought together in a very new way uh, from a very empowering context, uh, bringing in crystals, bringing in sound, bringing in shapes, bringing in frequencies uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a wonderfully unique way where um, you know, so many people that I know who are involved in using these modalities get caught up in the energetics of it or in the frequency of it. And my sense of the work that Kathy is bringing through is that it uses these modalities, but it's not stuck in them. And it's about uh, a much more radical attunement to truth and to being and to possibility. So that's right up my alley. And I had a feeling back then that the work was maybe a little bit ahead of its time, but obviously so much has happened in the last six years in terms of the shifting of frequencies on the planet and the urgency of things that I really have a feeling that now is the time for this work. And then, um, I recently came across Kathy's new book, fractals of God. And I read the book and it was like, uh, it was like food for my soul. Uh, uh, it resonated so deeply with me. I, I think Kathy and I have some connections from other times and places here. I uh, just felt very, very deep. I actually read it twice. I hardly ever just read books back to back twice, but there was there was a lot of freak. There was a lot of power in that book. And I I knew there was more to make myself available for. So I'm very excited about this conversation, especially about the timing. And so uh, welcome Kathy to Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul.
1: Welcome, David. Thank you for helping having me. <laughs> oh, Freddy and Slip there helping me.
0: Well, I'm happy to help <laughs> you too. You know, part of my motivation for doing this is uh, you know, some of the shows we do, uh, I have a guest host and somebody's interviewing me, but I would say about two-thirds of the shows are this kind of a show where I come across somebody that's doing cutting edge work in the areas of healing or spirituality or social transformation. And we do in-depth interviews to draw out the person's journey and to really get to the essence of their work and to give the work and give the person uh, exposure to people that maybe they're otherwise wouldn't have. Plus um, I give all my guests the intellectual property rights to use the shows in any way they see fit. So I think I do want to help you. So I think we're, we're right in tune.
1: <laughs> I must say you read my book twice. <laughs> twice. I read it. Wow.
0: I read it. I put it down. And then I was guided to pick it up again about a week later and read it all again. Mm. There, there's a, it's a powerful transmission. Uh, and, uh, it's a wonderful blending of a story, you know, because most people like stories. It's a wonderful blending of your story, of your journey. But there's also a lot of powerful distinctions about healing and about uh, and about what you're bringing through here. And uh, I think it's a disarmingly powerful book. I think most people will pick it up and probably not, not really get it fully the first time. That's totally okay. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of power that was coming through there. And the, uh, the beings that you work with uh, the founders, is that what they're called? Uh, Yes. Yes. They obviously, uh, they obviously uh, carry a big stick. So there's a, there's a lot of energy there to, to make yourself available to, and, you know, the first pass, you know, People aren't going to get it all, but that's that's totally okay. And that's uh, okay.
1: I call it my full disclosure book because it took me a number of years before I was even willing to write the story, you know, because I didn't want it to be all about me. and but uh, it was really clear people needed to know the development and how all the pieces came together. and and so I you know, I finally sat down and I said, you know, to do this story. You know, I have to tell a lot about background of myself, which is not what you, usually I like to put out there. Being a therapist, I try to keep my personal life to myself. You know, respect boundaries and so forth. So this this one I fought against for a while, and then when I did it, it just it really just flowed out, and I knew it was time. So some people, you know, they do their books first and then do other things. You know, I I kind of do things backwards. I did the technology first and then did the explanation. So. Um, but you know it all everything has its time and place and uh, I think that was the right uh, sequence at least for my journey and this is all been about you know I mean it's helped many people but it's been a personal journey for me in in trust and everything else as I well explained in my book
0: now are you still practicing as a as a therapist
1: uh, no I retired my clinical psychology practice in uh, 2009 and uh, um, and I, you know, didn't look back. It was the right time. It was really beginning becoming more difficult to see clients. Uh, well, it was very difficult after 2001, you know, after, 9, uh, 11, there was, uh, I think all therapists were, would agree that, that, uh, the whole field became more difficult after that with all the fear-based, uh, problems, people, issues that they were dealing with. But, uh, but after my near death experience, um, I, I started to well actually it was I gave up my practice not in 2009 because that's when, when Trinfinity it came out I actually stopped my practice in, and I think it was about 2005 sorry about that um, and because I was starting to feel too much of people's stuff all the time and I you know it was in the beginning it was trying to hard to differentiate what was mine and what was theirs and and I just knew on you know an intuitive level that one door was, closing and the other door was open and to do, to bring forth this technology as they wanted me to do, I had to devote my entire self to it you know, you can't do something you know, only happy and and, uh, you know, sometimes I think maybe I should have stayed with psychology because this technology work was much harder to do than actual therapy
0: In what way?
1: Well, it was a whole new area paradigm thinking for me. I mean, I, I had to stop thinking, I mean, I, I, I stopped making money, you know, and I had to go into a place of where, uh, letting go of everything to actually use what resources I had to bring this forward and not knowing if indeed any of it was viable, uh, and if I was on some fool's mission. And, uh, usually I like to, you know, I value, Growing up, I like to kind of plan things out and know where I was going. And I had no idea where I was going. I had no idea if I was going to fall flat on my face in this, you know, and uh, if if this was, you know, some delusional journey I was on. And and there were times where, you know, I was ready to just throw in the towel and my guidance they you know, they kind of knew that's, you know, OK, we need to give her a little carrot here to keep her going. And uh, you know, I think that they always know how much you can do before you you feel like uh, you you're overwhelmed and it's beyond you. But the technology was beyond me. The math was beyond me. the uh, all components of it were beyond me. I had to start thinking in very scientific and technical terms, which is not my background.
0: Now, did you have any major physical plane? Spiritual teachers and guides along the way, or were you just kind of going blind?
1: Uh, no, the, the when I started to really uh, accept the information coming through, then it came through much stronger. And these guys, these guys, which I, they refer to themselves as the founders, eight-dimensional beings, and they've they've been here before. They've helped us uh, in uh, in evolutionary times in our in the human development uh, process and timeline and you know they they were just interested in this particular project they weren't interested in me so i say doing psychic readings or channelings or or anything else i mean i'm still amazed people come to me and say can your guides give me a reading and tell me what's going to happen in my life and so forth and I say "I don't do that that's not what they're interested in they're only interested in particular this particular thing in bringing forth you know a technology a way of thinking uh, to help people shift into a higher vibrational state where all things that are possible, you know, to let go of the fear, to let go of the, uh, to, um, and that's where we're all working towards. Now we all are using our different modes and methods to get there. Not only one way is the right way, but um, this was a particular way. And I kind of learned that I was involved in this process, you know, Many many eons ago, you know, it, uh, and people have said to me, you know, oh, looking at your t- technology, how very Atlantean of you. And I remember one guy, a total stranger uh, at uh, a conference once, being on the technology, and he got off and he said, he said, I didn't think I'd see this technology again for many lifetimes. He says, but I remember it well in Atlantis. Uh, it just has a different packaging to it, and a different look because of our the technologies of today.
0: Oh, right. No, I understand that. I was just my last question was wondering whether, in addition to the inner guidance that you get from the founders, the group of beings called the founders, did you have any other human individuals on as you were on your life path that functioned for you as spiritual guides, or were these your only Guides.
1: I think they were all working together because as I was told was that my old guidance left during my, my near-death experience and all these new ones came in. So I think they function as, you know, not only, you know, for this technology, but my guidance. Sometimes I can go in and just ask for a question and get something, you know, but, you know, they're not interested in talking to me about dating life and anything else, you know, although they do warn me once in a while. You know, I, but they right. always they always warn me in terms like instead of not don't do it, they always say, um, are you really sure you want to do
0: this? Right. But I, course, but I was meaning, did you have a human teacher as well?
1: Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't understand what you yeah. said. Uh No, you know, I've never had. Uh, a, a real human uh, uh, you know I've always kind of wanted a human mentor on this plane if it was possible and and uh, that never really presented itself there have been many people in my life that have been instrumental but not one particular right. that has actually you know guided me along so
0: well I really admire your courage uh, for pursuing this path you know it's uh, in my experience which is pretty extensive it's pretty rare to find a person who <clears throat> is able to consistently, you know, honor who they are and continue to make quantum leaps in their growth without having had the blessing of at least one human teacher. So I really admire your intrepid nature there. And uh, I'm sure uh, courage has been a watchword for you in this life um, pretty consistently.
1: Well, thank you. As I was coming back from the gym this morning, you know, I'm thinking, Oh my God, I'm almost the only 63 year old woman. That's still doing gym three times a week in intensive classes. And I said, I was, I was walking back and I said, if there was one word, Kathy. I asked myself is that you would put on your, your gravestone as, as summing up your character, what would it be? And it was, and it came to me immediately with perseverance
0: perseverance. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So So I
1: don't give up easily.
0: No, no, no. And uh, I'm sure if that's not tempered with wisdom, that can get you in trouble.
1: Yes. Yes. You know, in fact, that's what I used to pray for when I was a teenager. Actually, when I was a kid, I I remember thinking, and I don't know where this thought ever came from, but I I prayed for, uh, the only thing I prayed for was wisdom. Because I thought if I had wisdom, I would have the answers to everything. Yeah, I would because, always know the right thing to do.
0: Because you have a lot of energy, you have a lot of compassion, you're bright, so you have all these, you have all these gifts, and I just think that is a real capstone for you. So um, one of the things that I've noticed is that many innovators, many spiritual slash healing innovators. Uh, who are really doing cutting-edge work, have had at least one near-death experience. Um, I know I've had one. I haven't talked about it uh, on this show yet, but maybe today I will. And you had one that you talk about in your book. And What are your thoughts about the correlation between near-death experiences and uh, the ability to bring um, cutting-edge material through?
1: Well, I think it's really important not to have a fear of death. Fear of death can override a lot of things in getting things done and seeing into uh, greater awareness. Now, you know, the, the Egyptian, during the Egyptian temple times, the initiates, that was one of the things they were taught uh, to overcome death and the fear of death, and many of them because went into almost a death-like state, a transcendent state, where they could let go of that. And I think it frees you. It frees your ability to think like, you know, okay, what's the worst thing that could have happened to me? Well, I've already died and I know that's not the end, you know. So uh, if you put things in perspective that way, you know, it's, uh, uh, so many people fear death and it's just, it's just a transition. Um, I kind of look forward to my day of going on beyond. I mean, I'm not trying to hasten it, but, you know, <laughs> of course, sometimes when I go to the gym, I feel like it. Um, But, you know, it's. I feel that uh, uh, even this whole process we're going through now evolutionary-wise, Ascension and so forth, so many people are so uptight into, oh, my God, there's going to be earthquakes, there's going to be doom and gloom, I'm going to die, you know, I need to do all this survivalist stuff. And, you know, that kind of thing doesn't really bother me because I figure, you know, it's just a transition. And it's very liberating.
0: Right. So um, we'll get into the your particular healing work soon, but just in terms of helping to give people more a sense of you and your journey, um, feel free to to tell, you know, any parts of your story that you want to tell and to give the listeners some context that will empower them for the rest of this conversation. And then uh, you can spend as much or as little time as you like on that. I might ask a question here or there if something gets triggered for me, but go ahead and uh, just take the conversation where you'd like to take it in terms of uh, giving the listener a little bit of a context of, of who you are and how you got to where you are.
1: Well, I was always an analytical thinker, you know, I was always goal oriented and uh you know kind of had my life laid out where i was going you know wasn't totally uh you know built in stone but uh uh you know when i had my experience there was actually nothing wrong with me and if people think were you sick were you you know what was uh, my heart stopped and why who knows but uh well actually i do know it's like you know why that particular way but they told me that to go into the tunnel to actually have the transference of, uh, uh, of, of different guidance come into me and work with me energetically. I needed to go into the tunnel. The tunnel is an energy transmission device, I mean, a uh, converter, and from one density to another density. And it had to be, I had to be sped up within that higher frequency. So um, you know, one minute uh, I'm I'm uh, well be, I'll back up a little bit you know I don't mind telling people some but uh, I did feel something released from my body uh, prior to my near death experience and later I found out that was all my old guidance leaving with this you know profound sense of emptiness and with it and you know trying to figure out what that was and then then before I knew it I was sucked into this tunnel horizontal first and. But they wouldn't allow me to go into the lights and before I could get it, it you know I just hovered there and I I thought you know how boring this is I'm <laughs> just hovering I tried to make myself move into it but all this energy poured into me and spun me back around and uh this energy seemed to have a force all of its own next thing I found myself back in my physical body and my whole left side was paralyzed and these voices, this energy source, whatever. At the time I didn't realize who who, or what it was, was telling me to breathe. And to, I realized in all clarity, even though I wasn't in a hospital at the time and I wasn't sleeping, you know, um, that uh, my heart had stopped and they were trying to get me to breathe life back into my physical form. And they told me I didn't need to see a doctor You know, uh, and but uh, as soon as this abated, I started getting all of this 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 uh, information started coming through that I had to get on the computer at night and research it and and um, and this you know to a long story short, you know what they wanted to bring forth was this new technology and they were trying to get me up to speed and learning about. Uh, the cosmos and space and energy and uh, all these concepts. I, you know, I had no idea uh, I'd heard about them, but, you know, I wasn't, uh, hadn't had a lot of information. And, you know, as I began to work with them, you know, they they told me everything was about man. Everything in the universe had a mathematical signature. And that was my first fear that came through because I hated man. And I, I just barely passed math at school. I was good in all other subjects, but I just did not have the math gene. And that just, uh, so, you know, that was my first fear having to face to deal with the math and to understand that everything in the universe, you know, has this mathematical signature. Even our DNA is mathematically coded. And then we could give pure information to the consciousness of ourselves to actually make change you know and it was a much more sophisticated way of going in I mean you and I we all know about frequencies and so forth but you know these weren't set frequencies they were math they were numbers they were formulas formulas that then were trans transposed into binary code, zeros and ones which is the language of computers and also the language of the universe you know it's uh, doesn't matter what language you speak, you know, uh, even uh, an extraterrestrial coming to this planet would understand binary code zeros and ones. So, uh, you know, as this started to progress and started information coming down, all, nothing came down all at once, maybe a few chunks of things, but I never saw the full picture. Because I always say if I'd seen the full picture, I might have run the other way.
0: Were you guided to particular books or particular websites or how did the, was it mostly an internal download? How did, how did this information come to you?
1: Well, it came in three different ways. Sometimes uh, I I would uh, see pictures and sometimes I'd uh, hear, hear someone speaking to me. And sometimes I would just have full concepts come down uh, it, like a download, and have a comprehension and understanding of them. Now, in the beginning, I was led to go to, uh, on the Internet and to uh, research these thoughts that were going through my head to better understand at least where the human uh, uh, plane was, their understanding of this so far. And because that was the basis, I first had to know what was already, you know, out there and accepted before I could take it to a different level. So, yes, I read books. Yes, I read lots of different things. And uh, but, you know, sometimes it was it, like I said, each of the steps of certain times, if it was a book I did not need to read, I would fall asleep immediately. <laughs> you know, it was like bizarre. I said, OK, I guess I'm not supposed to read that book. So I just figured maybe that book doesn't have as much truth in it that I need. And they just, you know, but sometimes they would say that's not true, but that's as far as your race has gotten so far.
0: So let's get into more of the sort of structure behind the magic in terms of <clears throat> let's get into um, giving people the lay of the land in terms of the different elements that make up this healing system, which you call Trinfinity 8. Uh, I, I know from memory of uh, many years ago and also from reading the book, I know that there's a crystal component, there's a computer component, there's a sound component, there's a optional visual component, there are... Um, there are frequencies that are specific for specific aspects of our reality. Um, Those are the things that I remember, but um, I I could be leaving some important things out.
1: Well, yeah, you've got most of it right. Um, uh, First of all, came the codes. They sat me down and it was like channeling. And I, it was actually took a whole year to channel down over like 5,000 different substances. What was the mathematical code? What was the equivalent for it? Like, you know, things like love and so forth like that. Does it have a numerical formula sequence that's a vibrational sequence? And I'm not talking about a frequency per se, but an algorithm. And uh, an algorithm is basically like following a recipe: teaspoon for this, a teaspoon for that, and then mix this, and then you get the final product. So an algorithm is a set of directions that uh, that tells you where to go. And uh, this is what's the information that was coming down. And I'd sit there and I just write it down, thinking like, oh, I'm just writing down a bunch of numbers. I don't know what you know if this has any validity to, but. <clears throat> they pretty much told me just to keep going with that and uh, what I pick and choose. And sometimes they'd show me symbols and uh, symbols that I hadn't seen before, but they were known as universal archetypal symbols uh, in the cosmos uh, and interdimensional uh, for interdimensional um, uh, how souls related to certain things. And uh, so I thought, okay, I have all these codes. Now, what am I going to do with it? And then they gave me the next step. Okay. Well, first, then you need to put it into a, 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 a software-based program, and you need to add something called a fractal. And, you know, I didn't know what fractals were, but they said fractals are like those, like I always say, they're like those Russian Matryoshka dolls, a doll with a doll within infinity. All parts, you know, contain the whole with slight differences. But when you couple fractals, animated fractals, especially which these are, these are moving fractals that zoom in and zoom out on the computer screen, and our and our algorithm codes play behind it, it actually serves to amplify the information, the energy coming through. So we use it not just as a pretty picture, that's why you can close your eyes if you want, but as an amplifier for the information codes. And then the next part they were talking about was sound. You know, there's certain sound. Now, that's the only frequency thing that's in the Trinity 8 because sound is, has set frequencies. But they led me to a group of specific ones which were known as Silveggio tones. And these tones go back to, like, got back to uh, uh, ancient times, Gregorian times. You hear Gregorian chants were very similar. But they were seven frequencies that set up a resonance in the whole energy center. And when they, those, those frequencies, when they vibrated the body, they were able to take in information much easier. So it was a nice synergistic way. Now, this one they didn't have to convince me with because I'd already had some experience with sound healing uh, personally, and I knew that it could speed up healing and do some pretty miraculous things. So I knew that sound was very, very important. I just didn't know that there were certain frequencies of sound that were more important than others so um, then with the uh the the fractals and the sound and the uh, algorithm codes uh i thought well how am i gonna give all this to a person you know is it, uh, there's you know what's what's the attachment look like and that's when they showed me you know superman in the fortress of solitude with crystals you know loading the information of the technology i mean of the, the history of his race and, you know, I thought, crystals? <laughs> and I thought, where am I going to get crystals I look like Superman crystals? And, of course, I searched high and low, and I couldn't find them. And I finally had to find a place in the world that would grow these crystals. Because they said it was more important that they be lab-grown crystals for clarity. And that it clear, the more clear they were, they would take the information immediately and let go of it. They wouldn't store it in the crystals. So, it, you know, so it would be different for everyone. And, 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 you know, crystals, if they take information in, they can actually cloud the crystal. So uh, these were double terminated. They had to be a certain size. They told me it needed to be four-sided because that was the, uh, uh, the energy of the pyramids. Now, the pyramids are four-sided, and there's, a, there's some very good reasons for that. Uh, they take in all the directions, and you know I don't want to get into a whole thing about you know what the pyramids were used for and so forth like that, but uh, the pyramid energy, especially with the, you know at one time the pyramids when they were in their full power had crystal capstone on top of it. They had to remove that capstone at one time because they knew if they didn't, you know the tech their their secrets, their technology would be used in the wrong hands. But that was once a crystal capstone, not a gold capstone. And um, so these crystals that I was shown were like two little pyramids at each end, which is what we call double terminated. So it would take it, stream it through, and the people could hold these crystals in their hand, connected to the computer, of course, and, uh, and um feel get the codes right into their body and it was uh you know there was no electricity running through them and it was just kind of a different way no one had ever i'd never seen anybody attach crystals to a computer or use that to transmit information and you can actually feel sometimes that information coming through with pulsing or heat and of course it does set the had set up a bit of a piezoelectric charge to to it so um Some people feel that more extreme than others, you know.
0: Could I interrupt for a minute?
1: Sure.
0: So about six years ago, when I first was exposed to this system, I was living down in San Diego at the time, and there was a gal that came to my office and was kind enough to do a demo with me. And I held these crystals, and I said to her, you know, I think this would be more powerful if the crystals had six sides instead of four and she said it's funny you should say that because we're considering switching over to six and i don't know what happened with that but uh i wanted to share that with you and just get your comments on that
1: well um no we we have a six-sided for more spiritual work but our it always comes with a four-sided crystal because That is for more physical work, and that's where people have to begin sometimes. It does incorporate the physical and the spiritual, but, you know, it's sort of like training wheels, taking your training wheels off, and the six-sided, you know, has its purpose for different things that people are doing with Trinfinity 8, but it's always best to start with the four-sided, so, you know, we never thought about replacing it. The six-sided may feel better in the hands because they're easier to grip being six-sided. They're also much harder to polish. And to cut, you know. Uh, so we don't have a lot of those. Um,
0: so it's yeah. an it's an added option that someone can buy. Yes, yes. Yes. And it, I would imagine, it's for more rarefied work.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. Yes, yes. And the 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 uh, four sided ones are for more physical plane issues.
1: Uh, Yes, you can also more spiritual, too, but, you know, it's sort of like, um, you know, the more you you increase the facets, uh, those are better if you're just doing really more transcendent type of work, okay? But the majority of people that use Trinity, they come with physical problems, and although it will address some of the spiritual, you know, uh, things that are at the heart of what's going on, on the emotional components, because... Almost everything is deals with what we're le- learning soul-wise, and you know what's our our emotions that have uh, led to some of types of these states that are uh, that are disruptive in our whole etheric body. But um, we find that the four-sided gets the job done. Okay. And uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's like I guess we don't need the Vogel sixteen-sided or anything else, but those would be pretty hard to do.
0: Now, one question I have is for people that want to share this with other people and become practitioners, uh, what kind of training program is established and what type of uh, community of Trinfinity 8 users exists for community support, if any?
1: Well, we have... Like over 800 Trinfinity 8 owners all over the world. Some of them list themselves on our website under practitioners, but not everybody does because some use it for their own personal families and not for sessions or things like that. Um, you know, it's all different types of practitioners. It's uh, uh, we have chiropractors, as like yourself. We, you know, we have acupuncturists, massage therapists, we have surgeons, we have um, Reiki people, we have psychologists, psychiatrists. Uh, you know, so it it runs the gamut. Some use it as a standalone and some use it to amplify their existing modality, especially, you know, for resistant clients. It seems to uh, get, it seems to unstick. You know, if there's gunk there, everybody has the clients that are, you know, the client from hell or the client that says nothing works for me or the client that's so resistant, you know, and uh, um, it can help those people you know, uh, loosen up their resistance so they can actually, um, you know, make some uh, some change. So, um,
0: so how is someone trained to use this?
1: Yes, okay. Um, first, it's a very easy device. It's very user-friendly. I think it's because it was designed by a woman. Men tend to like all the bells and whistles and make complicated software programs. And I thought, ah, I'm not interested in that. I want something that can be very easy. The more difficult part comes on is thinking systemically, what ones do I pick and choose for how many minutes to actually create and have an effect that, and it's going to be different for everyone. So we, we not only have you know, uh, video training, but we also have Skype or uh, telephone training. Uh, the video training is more to get it set up and to figure out how you know, the, the nuts and bolts of this device the Skype or audio training, uh, phone training, is more to think systemically. And we also have, you know, a forum. We have uh, uh, where people, uh, lots of practitioners have exchanged what has been very helpful for them. We have a huge library of conference calls that are only allowed to our, our, our owners, not, it's not out to the general public. And these, these get into um, specific ways that they're using it. So we had one naturopath in uh, Connecticut was using it, nothing but for, she had over 500 Lyme, Lyme disease patients, and she found ways to really effectively work with them where nothing else was working. Uh, we've had uh, psychologists that may have been using it for nothing but PTSD. Um, we had some surgeons using it for tissue repair. We had some athletes, some coaches that were using it for performance, uh, sports performance, you know, to elevate that. And we even had, you know, some that were using it for, you know, test taking and focus and so forth. So, uh, and then there was what I remember um, just recently one woman said, I did nothing but for anti-aging. I just wanted to of going to the gym. I didn't stop eating. I mean, and I didn't do any exercise and I decided I was just going to do, you know, a session each day and see if it made a difference. And she said it actually did. And she now lost weight. She got toned. She looked younger. She felt younger. She had more energy. And she kind of did a whole conference call on all the things and changes she experienced. So we do it with pets, with children. I have somebody in Australia that has, uses it with their horse farm, you know, for animals. So uh, what I love about our a lot of our practitioners is that uh, they experiment. And then they share what they've used. And the rest of us all learn from that because it did not come with a playbook, you know, a, a set of these are the definitive things to use. Um, everyone is slightly different. Sometimes you have to tweak a protocol. You know, what what may work for 10 people may be slightly different. You may need to make some changes, you know, for another one. We have some people who, who practitioners who doubt, what, uh, what, how many minutes or what to use? And I've, I've heard people say, you know, I got a dowsing hit on something that was just totally unrelated. And, like, um, you know, a therapist that used it for lips for a client, thinking that, you know, why is lips coming up that I should use lips? And it, and it actually helped her client to express, and uh, uh, vocalize her needs and be more assertive. So we think that a lot of times, and not think, but we know that spirit interacts with this device. In fact, my guides had told me, you know, your, your higher guidance will know exactly what this is for. And so really don't be surprised if you see them uh, do things or lead you to things to pick and choose that you need, that you think that oh, what, that doesn't seem to apply to me at all, but will.
0: So I think never it's, know. I think it's important at this point. Uh, for your protection, for my protection, to give a medical and psychological disclaimer here that um, the Trinfinity 8 is not a diagnostic or treating device, that it is simply designed to empower the well-being and the natural healing powers of the person. Um, I think it's important for us to make that that statement very clearly here, um, based on what you just shared.
1: Well, my guides were very specific about the fact that it should not be a diagnostic machine. You know, there's oh, lots of diagnostic machines out there, but they 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 kind of poo pooed that. They said uh, um, that this was not about judging. You know, they said, you humans get too involved in, you know, what your numbers are, how you rank compared to somebody else, or you come up, you come up not as, as good as someone. And I said, it wasn't about judging yourself. It was about just interconnecting with your own guidance and that this device does not cure you. No device actually cures you. It just allows you to, to be in a place where to help you get into an energetic place, where then healing all healing is possible so i'm we we're very careful about you know Hmm. i'm sure there's some that you know fall between the cracks but you know if we find any of our practitioners making claims you know uh, about cures or cancer or any of these things we're very very careful and shut that down right away because you know we know we're liable for that and the truth is no device cures we cure ourselves
0: well good i'm glad we cleared that up um so it might be helpful at this point to give the listeners obviously there's variations variability, but to give the listeners some kind of reality on what a session would be like and what would be a typical initial package of sessions that someone might might uh, choose to participate in
1: well every practitioner is different across the country, across the world, you know, what, what they put together. Um, you know, this device can be used remotely on people. That's, you know, something that we don't really talk about on our website, but, you know, uh, you know, information, uh, frequency, waves, everything is, is wireless. You know, this we instantaneously how we communicate with people. So we can actually, with the client's permission, um, If they aren't in the area uh, and they don't have a practitioner near them, we can use their name three times on a piece of paper or a recent photograph of them and put the crystals on the picture, put the headphones of the music over the crystal, put their name in in the actual uh, protocol, and uh, put their healing intention in their, their own healing intention. And and sent it to them, and we have gotten just as good results as that. You know, well, a lot that's
0: of that's people- important to know. I mean, that opens up a whole other set of possibilities. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that reminds me also. I wanted to ask you: Have you or any of the Trinfinity Eight practitioners have any experience with using the Trinfinity Eight to to? I don't know if the right word is program or 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 whatever. Set the resonance for anything in particular. With using water?
1: Uh, yes, um, we have a number of people that have uh, clinics and some have done this on their own to uh, put the, the, the crystals uh, that are attached to the cables and to the computer and so forth and put things like divine alignment or heart resonance and play those particular algorithms in the water and you can taste the difference. And uh, so sometimes they offer that to people beforehand, afterwards. We also put that into our, we have healing oils as well for people, you know, which you can get on our website, which where they're not only crystal infused, but they're infused with our algorithms. They're like sacred oils. They go through a a multiple process, you know, and, you know, we we found that that was very helpful for people as well. It was one clinician she was using. Uh, divine alignment oil and put it in the palm chakras before a person would hold the crystals in their hand if they were doing a live session in person. And uh, a lot of times we'll tell them set your intent because our the guidance on this said this was an intent-based machine. They said if you set your intent for you know I'm open to healing or I am I am healed or whatever that that would speed up the effect. You know, so uh, there's something to be said for, you know, putting your own will in that. It's not totally necessary, but we do find that people have better results that way.
0: Has there been much experimentation of using the device with the intention, not just of um, supporting the healing and the balance of individuals, but either relationships or groups or organizations or uh or areas on the planet, or Mother Earth in general? How would... Oh,
1: all the above, David. (laughs) We've done it with all the above. We have um, our, you know, in the background uh, for the last, for quite a while now, we have one of our uh, computers constantly running on Mother Earth, and we call it our Peace on Earth Protocol to try and send light energy to those parts of the world. You know, if Congress is trying to make a, a decision, a difficult decision, we we send it to Congress. We don't try to do detoxes and things like that. We just send them very uh, spiritual, higher type of of, of protocols that ju- just to help them get in touch with their own soul guidance to do the right thing. You know, we're not trying to exert our will on them, and we can't you know say oh I'm going to fix uh, you know President Obama or something like that without his knowledge. Uh, we tell our people you cannot use this with. Without the person's permission, unless it's somebody in a coma, a young child, or you're sending just some uh, spiritual energy that has nothing to do with, you know, physical problems or anything else to, to them. So we have uh, we've got people who've used it to um, uh, um, not only send energy to those parts of the world, but uh, we have used it in groups. Uh, everybody in a group holding hands and uh, only one uh, a crystal at one end of each of, the, of the, the the circle. And sometimes you can really feel that energy running through the circle. Uh, so we've... Uh, um, You've done it so so many different ways. What were some of the other ways you (laughs) suggested? I'm blanking out right now.
0: I'm just, you know, there's different dynamics. You know, there's individuals, there's relationships, there's groups, there's businesses, there's communities, there's hotspots on the planet, there's the planet in general.
1: Well, somebody just told me recently, about a a month ago, that uh, they Played it. Uh, um, they had a session uh, with a client who said that there was a family reunion. Nobody ever talked to everybody at this. It was terrible. They'd always get together and fight. So she played uh, something that would really cohesively open their hearts to communicate and, and love and forgiveness. And the client reported not only did she do it while the client was there, but she played it in remotely while they were in the actual reunion and the client came back and said people were actually talking to people so we have done it on businesses let's say there's a lot of animosity dysfunctional you know family system stuff going on a family we'll put the name of the business you know and we'll just send healing energy just in general something like we have like about five particular ones that we use like divine alignment, which and heart resonance, opening the heart to giving love and forgiveness, balancing energy, um, feel good. Um, uh, um, so a few of those that just deal with upliftment and nothing else. And if the if the people there, you know, aren't open and receptive to it, it just won't affect it. But, you know, you what you're doing is you're sending energy to that area. And most people will have some response to that.
0: Have you done any work with um, scientists and practitioners to look at the effect on things that are measurable in the body in real time, like, uh, like DNA bonding angles or uh, dark field microscopy or, or GDV work? or what, Have you done any work to see what impact this is having in real time on living bodies? Uh, yes.
1: We actually, actually, that's listed on our website under research. We've done the GDV and uh, uh, was significant. We also uh, had uh, Dr. Glenn Ryan. Um, uh, he does nothing but DNA research on subtle energies. And uh, he took the project and worked on human placenta DNA, liquid placenta DNA, and to see if uh, we took three different uh uh, programs to see how they would affect it. And one was, you know, stimulate DNA repair and, um, and one was stimulate reverse aging. And actually, um, they all showed uh, stimulus to what they showed was that uh, there was um, there was a correlation between more electricity in uh, the DNA and it, which was correlated with the ability to repair itself. So, um, electrical conductivity right. and those are on our website. And, uh, so we, we found out that re- stimulate reverse aging actually was, uh, quite high and uh, higher than stimulate DNA repair. But when then we started to think about it, reverse aging includes a lot more stuff that's DNA related and, you know, to actually turn back that process. So, um, yeah, we've done that, and uh, uh, we're getting ready to do some stuff on water as well, water molecules. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. that's. Uh, uh, some people have done their own side little things if they've done blood live, in, you know, the uh, uh, dark fields, blood analysis or so forth. And um, uh, they said that, that they saw differences that uh, were significant as well. I don't have all those pictures. We didn't put those on our website only because it was not um, a scientific study. It wasn't done by, you know, researchers in the field. So, um, but at this point we kind of know it affects people, you know, even resistant people eventually feel something from it. So it wasn't my idea to really kind of prove to the world, you know, it's, that's futile. You're always going to get somebody naysaying you and you just have to kind of move on. And, uh, but those people that it's going to work for, um, you know as long as there is as, as long as they're ready you know it's like i said not everybody is ready to let go of their their symptoms or illnesses or problems or issues and, right. but uh, we can at least help loosen it up a bit for those people
0: i have a couple of questions by i'm putting on my clinician's hat here i have a couple of questions one is does this tend to trigger detox symptoms and uh, how have you found the best, if so, how- what are the best ways you've found to mitigate that either in terms of reduced treatment time or more water or saunas or skin brushing or whatever lymphatic work? And then um, the other question is, in terms of this modality interacting with other modalities, I use a lot of uh, specific whole food nutrition and herbs in my practice. Uh, do you find that if people are doing this simultaneously, that very often the dosage requirements for the herbs and the supplements go down?
1: Uh, Yeah, actually, let me talk about the the detox. We do have a detox program in that. So um, the other types of uh, programs don't tend to set up a detox reaction. But if you're looking for a detox reaction with lymphatic drainage and and moving stuff through the, the lymph and so forth. Yeah, we have something like that, but we always tell people to go very slowly on that. You know, drink lots of water, um, and, uh, you know, it's uh, subtle energy is very different. It's very gentle, like where there's some of the other uh, energies out there or technologies can be a little bit harsh on the system. This one is very, very gentle. And, you know, the only time you know you've done too much is if, you know, somebody's gone in there and decided to do an hour, two hours, three hours, and we go, way, that's way too much. You know, we start them out with 15, 20 minutes and then see what they can take because some people are more sensitive to energy than others. And, you know, if they get a headache or if they feel wiped out, that means it's too much.
0: But the other programs, if they're used in moderation, don't tend to trigger a detox.
1: Okay. No, we haven't found that to right. be. And in fact, uh, you know, I'm all for, we've got the algorithms of many herbs and things in there as well that can be very helpful for, you know, uh, uh, for the person. But they do find that uh, uh, if they are using that, that uh, over time they, will, they do definitely need to reduce whatever they're taking. It's sort of like uh, we had something for bone strength. And uh, some of these people found that they needed to, you know, start taking lower dosages of whatever, you know, um, uh, particular, uh, bone, um, you know, whatever, whatever, bone Eva, all those type of things. Uh, um, because then it was too much. You, it's sort of like, if you take too much like calcium in the body, then you can get osteoporosis. It's the same thing. Uh, so they do find that you have to titrate those down. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, herbs, anything to help the system, water, there's pure water behind every single algorithm because that's a conductor of, of electricity, you know, the electrical components in the body. So that was extremely important, especially the pure algorithm for water, you know, not fluorated water or anything like that, uh, fluorinated. And so, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's you know, sometimes we've even had people say that they've seen the the mouse move on their own on their computers, you know, and pick things that they haven't. And, uh, you know, first, when I first heard that, I thought, uh, you know, that's maybe just a quirk. It's an oddity, but a few other people said the same thing that uh, their guidance would actually get on the computer and start changing things. And we had a person in France who was a very gifted intuitive and When she was first introduced to the the machine, she said she saw angels delivering the remote treatments. And uh, I thought we thought, oh, that's very interesting. So we know that the other side is working with us on this device and whatever people really, you know, actively want and can ask for, because we have to ask for help. We can't just expect it to, you know, it's up to us to initiate that process. They don't intervene if we don't, you know, specifically ask for help.
0: Do you find that if people are under are taking uh, prescription medications or under psychiatric care, that um, it is safe for them to use this, and do they need to be closely monitored for changes in uh, in prescription protocols?
1: Well, we have a few psychiatrists, holistic psychiatrists, that obviously prescribe. And they would be better to to address that. But I do know we have a particular one we always go to and and uh, for advice on those type of things. And uh, um, she has said sometimes she needs to bring certain things down. But she's working on a much difficult clientele, you know. Um, but uh, she does work a lot with bipolar disorder and uh, PTSD and um, she says she has uh, had the infinity 8 avert some suicides.
0: But if somebody so- came to you and you knew that they were diagnosed as bipolar and you knew they were seeing a psychiatrist and they wanted to do this, what would you tell them in order to serve them as best as possible? Would it be important for the... In your opinion, would it be important for the psychiatrist to know that this is happening? Or what would be your what would be your communication with that with that client?
1: Well, if you're working with, you know, a medical doctor or a psychiatrist, you know, you should tell them that some what of some of the things they're they're doing. Unless you feel that they won't be supportive of it, you know, that's a whole different story. But then maybe that's maybe not a doctor you really want to work with. If he's not going to be supportive of alternative uh, uh, things that might be helpful in your healing process, so um, we have found that hasn't been a problem. People using it and you know, going to therapists and medical doctors and so forth like that. I mean, I have a person who's a she uses it all the time and she's a pharmacist, and you know, she she would certainly know. And that hasn't seemed to be a problem with people. So at least it hasn't come up. Uh, if it has, I certainly don't know about it. But, you know, we're pretty open with our discussions about, you know, people interchange and so forth like that. And, and uh, so, um, you know, it's a gentle, subtle energy. It works on the etheric body, too. And everything has to be addressed in the etheric body, you know, to actually create the change in the uh, in the physical body
0: right I'm just thinking about like if someone's taking a certain amount of thyroid hormone or somebody's taking a certain amount of uh, insulin or something else to help deal with their blood sugar and they start doing something like this and their own healing response is triggered I'm I'm, I'm imagining there might be an issue if the person stays on the same dosage and isn't being monitored by their physician.
1: Yeah. You know, when I, was a, when I was a therapist, you know, and I, I also offered besides therapy, uh, you know, neural feedback And uh, I would often see what would happen as, as we were, you know, the child was becoming more focused and making more of the, the faster, more desired frequencies in certain parts of his, the brain that the medication became too high. And, you know, oftentimes the problem is with that is that sometimes the, the symptoms became worse. And the doctors thought that they needed more. And I would sometimes, working with the doctor, say, uh, no, actually, he's it's it's too much in the system now. So let's talk about titrating it down. And when they titrated it down, they actually, the child stabilized again. So it's, you know, you kind of need to have somebody that you're working with that may understand, instead of always going higher, that the actual dosage may be better if it's slightly lower. That would, so, that would yeah.
0: be my intuition and that it would be very useful to have the client working with a physician who's open to conscientiously monitoring the person.
1: Yeah, I guess you would have that with anything. Herbs affect medication, you know, uh, neurofeedback affects medication, um, so lots of different factors. So you always have to take them. In fact, that's why a lot of, you know, obviously psychiatrists will ask what are other herbs, or supplements or anything else you're taking. Cause you know, we have to all take that into consideration in the mix, how they're all that's working together. So well, it probably wouldn't be different for anything, but I have never heard it go, uh, become an extreme problem with people working with the Trinity AIDS, the, the energies of that, as opposed to you know something
0: else. So let's get back to giving the listener more of a reality on what it would be like to have an introductory set of sessions. How long? Well, how long might the session be? Are they are they in their normal clothing? Uh, what's going on? What's it like?
1: Uh, definitely normal clothing. <laughs> You know, this. this uh, we have sometimes it, people will sit in a chair, they'll have earphones on, they can close their eyes, they don't have to look, as I said, the fractals on the screen, will have both crystals in their hand, they're hearing this music, they can close their eyes, get into their space, and what the therapist will do will ask for what. what are they experiencing that they want to change. And sometimes, you know, you start off with, OK, I've got this pain, you know, and it's persistent pain or I can't seem to let go of this issue or or I have this injury or so forth. So we'll start off with something that the person can see or feel. And then, they'll, you know, based on that, they'll pick maybe a few different things uh, that might be helpful and set something to a normal level and see how they respond to that. Probably a 15-20 minute first session and if there's the person doesn't seem to be oversensitive or too much for them then the next session will they'll probably go to 30 minutes or 40 minutes most people do under an hour sessions you know once they get used to this so um, and they can take those crystals and they can place them in any place of their body I always tell people that are using it for the first time if a, if a thought pops into your mind that oh I wonder what that crystal would feel like on my heart area Or I wonder what that would feel like on my third eye, pineal gland, or something like that. I said, follow that inclination. That might be very helpful for you. But if nothing pops in, you know, it's okay. Just hold them in your hands. But let's say you've got that kneecap that's really hurting you. Go ahead and put the crystals on your kneecap because you're directing that energy right to that spot. And that can be really helpful.
0: Do you have acupuncturists that uh, put the crystal on... Major acupuncture points?
1: Yes, we do. We, uh, we've actually done um, a whole uh, uh, conference call on that once uh, with an acupuncturist, uh, a Santa Barbara acupuncturist. that uh, um, And uh, they found that, like, um, even if they put the crystals, like, let's say you had a really bad cold or cough, and they put them on on the um, the lymph meridians or not the lymph, the, uh, the lung meridians or so forth like that, that uh, it opened those channels, those block channels, and moved it faster through there. Some people will say sometimes they feel like um, a charge of energy, and through certain areas, well, that usually signifies there might be a blockage of energy, right. or it's trying to move through. So, yes, you can do it specifically on acupuncture points, or you can put it right on the on the, on the the spot. So, you know, you can get as creative as you want. There's <laughs> uh, no right or wrong way. Um, you know, there's, like I said, many different modes. That's what I love about this. Many different modes to healing and people become very creative. And I said, follow your inspiration, you know, because that's your guidance telling you. That's the way to do it for you. That's your mode.
0: What would be a typical uh, frequency of sessions initially?
1: Um, Well, there have been some things that have remediated in one session, you know, Uh, pain is really good to get rid of fast, you know, or at least decrease to a really manageable amount, depending on the level of pain. I find that that's the easiest actually thing to work with. And sometimes um, emotional releases can take one or two sessions. I mean, if you've got a, a really significant health problem, it's obviously going to take a little bit more. We had somebody, you know, that uh, obviously was working on changing their hair color, you know, to the roots to start turning darker again. And that took a couple sessions that didn't happen overnight. I think the difficult, most difficult one is probably um, uh, weight loss. And for that is because there's so many different emotional components that that play into that that you know sometimes it's a layer of protection sometimes we can't go let go of how we perceive ourselves and there's so many different things at work and play that you know some people find a lot of resistance there so that might some on some people that can move really fast and some people oh my god it takes so slow so you know and i can never you can never tell up front how long this is going to take for this person or that because it's you know it's uh it's like at the gym you know some areas start tightening up and getting in in shape right away and others are just take forever
0: but that being said uh if you want to give the listener a, a general ballpark idea of what they might expect uh do most practitioners do an initial series of sessions or how yeah, some,
1: some- they do maybe five or ten sessions, but, you know, it's depending on how the person is re- as again responding to it. Uh, I have some clinicians I know who do package deals, but they're all different. And then some do remote sessions on the person. They're not in, per- in person, and uh, they're much cheaper. You know, they, they always like it if they can to get the first session in person so they have a point of reference, you know, that they can visually connect to what they've done in, in person. And sometimes I've they, they've given a little crystal for the person to hold in their hands when they're doing a remote session, some you know long distance, and uh, so um, uh, it's uh, you know I, I can't always say, but, but sometimes they'll do a dollar a minute, you know, if it's long distance. Uh-huh. You know, the ones that are are you know have higher degrees may two dollars a minute. I don't know, but. Uh, um, you know, that's the beauty of this. It does not take, doesn't take doesn't take up the clinician's time except for setting up the protocol. And then the practitioner can go do what they want to do. And it removes the practitioner's energy or a gunk from being a part of that session. You know, it, what if the practitioner is having a really bad day and using another device? You may be feeling, starting to feel their energy involved. And so it makes it a cleaner thing just between you, your higher guidance, and you know, um, to, to respond to that,
0: and the crystals don't have to be cleansed because there's no inc- inclusions,
1: that's right. Uh, you know, you're just gonna hygienically clean them down between each person, but you're not gonna immerse them in water, you don't have to put them in the sun to clean. They're, I always jokingly say, they're like self cleaning ovens, you know, they take the energy and immediately let go of it because they are double terminated and they're crystal clear. It takes each, it takes about a month to grow each of these crystals in an auto plate in, in a lab. And they start from a, you know, a seed crystal and then add silicon dioxide and slowly build the crystal over time. And then they have to go through the cutting process, the polishing, you know, that's, that, that's, that's why these, these things can't be mass produced because each crystal is, is, has its own, you know, uh, slightly different.
0: Great. Great. So, um, just switching gears back to you again, Kathy, um, what is kind of on the cutting edge for you and your journey today, th- these days, what are you most excited about?
1: Well, I'm, I'm excited about, uh, um, the energy and the awakening that's happening. You know, it's, it, it's slowly, it's, it, It's slowly, we're at a really key point, right, Time And, you know, when this started coming down in 2003, they were gearing up because they knew we were at an evolutionary junction. And uh, the more people that could start to awaken, the better. I'm just doing a small, my small little part in helping, you know, a subsection of people get there and other people are doing their thing. And the whole thing is that as more of us awaken to truth and awaken to what is right and our connection to each other, to the universe, that we are all in this together. We are all one. You know, we can only evolve as much as the guy, you know, on the streets, you know, that we may walk past and think he's a bum. He evolves too. And uh, and this is what I see happening now. It's, it's accelerating. Things are happening really fast. And of course, as they do, there's always going to be those opposing forces that fight against it to try to keep it the status quo, to keep us locked in fear, to keep us locked in violence, to keep us locked in war, and so forth like that. And, uh, you know, this dichotomy is, it's it's very interesting to watch what's being played out right now. So I always say, I, you know, our job, if we can't, you know, change change the, the leader's minds is to just send them as much awakened light As possible, and that's my pet project these days.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Other than the using the Trinfinity Eight and going to the gym uh, regularly, is there anything that you're doing on a consistent basis that's part of your own wellness sort of program to make sure that you're in really in a really good space?
1: Well, you know, I meditate. And I think that that's very, very important to stay in that state. Um, uh, the more meditation you, you, uh, you do on a daily basis, the more tuned in you are to guidance. And uh, I, I've never been a red meat eater, but uh, oh, about, I guess it was about almost two months ago, um, I suddenly knew it was time to stop eating any meat, any fall, you know, chicken, turkey or anything. Suddenly one day, and there was nothing that was a part of this, it suddenly became very clear, I don't want to eat dead animal meat, you know. And I knew something must be changing. I don't smoke. I don't drink, you know. (laughs) I don't do meat now. (laughs) It's sort of like, and I feel like we're all preparing in some ways of letting go of things, you know, and uh, to become as healthy so that vibration can be lifted. You know, it's very hard for a vibration to sustain and elevate a level if you just don't take care of yourself, you know, if uh, you eat all the wrong things, if you, you know, never you know go out into the sun or get exercise or, you know, and so forth like that. So I think that's, that's, you know, we really have to do, we have to do our part. Uh, you, as we all know, as we age, we have to do even more.
0: Do you have any pets?
1: Uh, no, I don't.
0: No, no pets. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, Well, Kathy, we're getting toward the end of our time, and I want to leave it to you to close us out in terms of anything you'd like to say in closing that we didn't cover. And also uh, make sure that people have your contact information if they want to know more about um, your work or about your book. And uh, just uh, to the listeners, uh, I'd really appreciate it if you do get in touch with Kathy and you're interested in... Possibly purchasing a system. If you would let uh, Kathy know that I sent you that Dr. David sent you, I'd really appreciate it. So, Kathy, why don't you uh, just share anything you'd like to share in closing, and make sure that our listeners have contact information.
1: Well, uh, the best thing to do is go to the Trinfinity website, and that's www.t and the number eight dot com. We have, uh, you can go to uh, or send something to info at Trinfinity.com or our office uh, phone number is uh, 310-451-4534. We'd be happy to answer any questions or um, maybe hook you up with somebody in your area that you can, you know, try it out with if uh, it's not something that fits into your budget. But, you know, my guys also had said it was really important to have something out there that would help for everybody, no matter what their budget. So we do have a a small $3.99 phone app for Android and um, iPhones. And it uh, just gives four different uh, little things, energy balance, feel good. And then it has libido, but that actually is the creative life force. And it can be used in many ways. So it's uh, something you can use on your phone and, uh, um, uh, have a little bit uh, um, of Trinfinity 8 on the go, is what we say. So so no matter what you are, um, and the books can be bought on Amazon too, there's plenty of links on the Trinfinity 8 website if you want to hear more about my journey, more in depth of, of of what had happened to me. So thanks, David.
0: Could you say the full title of the book?
1: Oh, yeah, it's a long one. Fractals of God, A Psychologist's Near-Death Experience and Journeys into the myths so if you go to the www.trinfinity8.com website, you'll find links there to, you know, to, uh, you know, Amazon and uh, iBooks um, and uh, Nook and so forth like that.
0: And if people are Googling you, can you uh, spell your name for them? Uh,
1: yes, it's Dr. Kathy with a K-K-T-H-Y. And the last name is F-O-R-T-I.
0: Kathy, thank you so much for taking this time today uh, to be with me and to be with our listeners. And if you've come in somewhere in the middle, this is Dr. David, the Cutting Edge Doc, and you've been listening to Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. And I've been talking today with uh, Kathy Forti, the channel developer, however you want to call it, of a uh, very profound healing system called Trinfinity 8. So, Kathy, thanks again. And for all your listeners out there, thank you so much for being there. We wouldn't do this without you. We can't do it without you. And we'll close with love and peace. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. To access all episodes, including show notes,